Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Leah Woodford. She is the chief executive officer and founder of SmartFem.com and SmartFem Entertainment. SmartFem was created as a result of her many years as a publicist, columnist, as well as a radio and TV personality. She has ex extensive experience as a business consultant and entrepreneur, but decided the only way she could make a difference for women was to create her own magazine that bridges the online community with the local community. Her passion is connecting people. Leah is often coined the connector due to her extensive network. Leah is passionate about working with young professionals and Smart Femme has helped launch the careers of several young journalism interns from ASU's Walter Cronkite School. So you can find her at smartfemmediagroup.com, smartfemme mediagroup.com. Leah, welcome to your first 100K. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Wow, that sounds really impressive, but it took a lot of years to get there. <laughs> I thank get you. that. Yes, thank you. Welcome. Okay, let's start off by take a minute and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Well, smartphone.com, I was a dating and relation, relationship columnist and TV correspondent, and it was a phone call from my daughter at NAU. Um, she called me, saw one of my dating segments come on and just kind of called me out. Oh my God, mom, you need to create something that's going to inspire, educate and empower women. Most of the girls I go to school with have no idea what they want to do, but they can describe every single second of their wedding day. And in the meantime, I have always been a business consultant. So she really wanted me to use my contacts and my influence to create an alternate um, pathway for women. And that's really what started this whole ball rolling. Now, let me ask you this. What part of that conversation with your daughter struck a nerve or struck a chord or struck your heart and said, let me make this shift. Let me make this pivot. You know, I knew she was right. You know, it's 2020, Joseph. And I just had confirmation about a month ago before the pandemic with uh, one of my business clients who flew in. We were out to dinner and we're having a great conversation and all of a sudden the TVs in the, this wine bar got really loud. 
And we had been engrossed in the conversation. And I asked the waiter, what's going on? And he said, well, it is The Bachelor. All these women have reserved tables to watch The Bachelor. And I'm thinking, oh my God, they're still making the man the plan. <laughs> so it's 2020. Clearly my work is still, I still have a lot of work ahead of me because it's still going on. All right. So if you shifted that, that, that phrase, making the man the plan, what new phrase would you create for women, the modern woman, the modern uh, female entrepreneur? Um, put the oxygen mask on yourself and um, be who, you, who you'd like to show up in your relationships. Also, just saying Superman's not coming. <laughs> Neither is Prince Charming. Man, you're just popping bubbles everywhere, Leah. So why is it bad for us to have those childhood fantasies and we're speaking to, to my female audience particular today, but why is it bad for them to let go? Why is it the right decision for them to let go of those, you know, the man is the plan, Prince Charming, you know, I'm going to marry well, I'm going to marry someone who's super successful. I'm going to marry the doctor, the attorney. I'm here in Tampa, Florida. Most of my buddies are doctors and attorneys and most of their wives made the man the plan. Why, why is that important for these women right now? I think it's important for women now and in the future because, well, first of all, I live in Scottsdale, the divorce capital of America. So um, I have seen plenty of women who married well and ended up divorced and broke, you know, and, and sadly, they, they dragged their children into poverty as well. Mm. So um, I can't think of anything more attractive than a woman who really can bring it, knows that she has something to offer. And the other thing I just want to say, it's a lot of pressure in a relationship to be the entire breadwinner and to be the one that's, you know, props up the family financially. Um, I think it's, I think a woman who is confident, knows what she wants, goes out and gets it is way more attractive than the man is the plan. Mm, I so get that. And by the way, I lived in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona for five years. That was my party city or sin city. <laughs> um, so I get what you're saying. Uh, however, going back to what you, this, this message here, I, I get to speak with a lot of successful female entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and on this show, my other show and one thing that comes up so much is the mommy guilt um, that a lot of these powerful women, when they go out and say, you know what, I am going to go pursue some of my professional dreams. I am going to help out financially in the household. But when they're, they're at work, many of them struggle with this guilt and, and condemnation, almost like I should be home with my babies. And so they're not fully present or if they are fully present at work, then they really feel the guilt when they get home. What do you say to those, those women right now? You know, and sadly, there's so much judgment. I tr trust me. I spent about a year and a half at home taking care of my little girl when she was a baby. And while I loved it, I was dying. Oh my God. <laughs> I needed adult conversation. I think that I was a better mom as a role model than 
especially little girls, I think they need to see their mom in powerful roles. And, you know, things are changing now. People can actually, who says you can't, you know, work a little bit from home and go into the office. I think this pandemic's changing a lot of that. People are working from home now. And maybe that's the blessing that comes out of all of this. Tell me what you see there. Tell me what you see, the good that you see coming out of this pandemic, especially for female entrepreneurs that are mothers. You know, I am seeing that while they're multitasking, they're actually getting things done. And I think it's showing also companies that, you know what, it may not be so bad. First of all, the overhead's a lot lower. Um, and it's better for people too. I mean, even insurance, car insurance prices are dropping because people aren't driving as much. So I'm seeing a lot of pluses. But the other thing is, now's the time to hone those skills. You know, I hear this all the time. If I only had the time, if I only have, now you have the time. <laughs> you know, learn, you know, learn as much as you can right now. Make the most of this moment in time and prepare yourself to be an entrepreneur because AI is coming. A lot of things are going to change and a lot of jobs are going to go away. And even with this pandemic, many companies will go out of business and many will never reopen. Or if they do, they're going to be, be experiencing a major shift. I agree with that. And I would just add to that, that from this pandemic, many new companies will be formed that are going to innovate everything, right? Most innovative companies, the biggest, the best, those brands we know came out of a recession, a depression, a pandemic. Uh, they came out of struggle. They came out of, out of the fire, right? So I know when you first got on, you said, you know, I'm used to working in a studio and recording in a studio, Joseph, this is different. You know, we're all, you know, at home right now doing this. What's been the biggest struggle for you that maybe my audience can really connect with you on as far as working from home and, and figuring this out? You don't have that professional office space to go to. <laughs> I used to run, I used to own uh, two co-working spaces, right? For entrepreneurs, right. I both got acquired last year. So I housed the office space for all these successful business owners. So working from home could be filled with distractions and disruptions. How are you doing with that? Well, you know, I've been working from home. I've been doing both places for a long time. When I'm working on content, I work from home. Hmm. Um, but I'm so grateful. About six months ago, I decided to take one of our bedrooms and convert it into a home office because I was launching a new magazine. And I'm so grateful. Um, I found that the office had more distractions. You know, if I'm there, you know, the team, hey, can we have a minute? Can I talk to you? You know, or, or just clients stopping by. So actually, this has been really good for me, but I miss the personal engagement of the office. I really get that. What has been the number one win for you, uh, personally or professionally, from being home right now, working from home right now? I'm getting things done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that. You know, for me, it's the opposite. That's so fascinating. It's like, I feel more interruptions at home. And then that was part of my, 
you know, my branding with our, our co-working spaces was, you know, get away from all those, all, those distractions, you know, cause we come up with reasons or things to do at home that we wouldn't at the office. But what I'm hearing you say is, Hey, when you're the, the boss woman at the office, there's a whole other set of distractions at the office. Is that correct? It is. Everybody, you know, has an issue they want to talk to. They want to pr propose ideas or, you know, they just, they just like to hang. You know, so, um, and I, and I absolutely love that, but working from home, first of all, it depends on your circumstances too. My kids are grown and it's just my husband and my dog and my dog is the needy one in the family. She's the distraction, but, um, it's been really great. I just shut the door and move on. That's really cool. I have a brand new baby. Uh, just Aww. God gave us a baby, uh, two weeks ago two and a half weeks ago. So brand new, right in the heart of the pandemic, God brought us joy and love and all this. And so I'm definitely feeling those new parent uh, home distractions. Um, anyway, let's, let's shift back to your business here. Okay. Smartfemmediagroup.com. Um, what specifically are you helping women do and why do they need to reach out to you? And, and I'm not doing this as a promotion for you in any way. Right. I just, I really want to get what you do. Um, and I want our listeners to really understand what might be missing right now in their business that they may need. Well, ironically, um, most of my clients are men. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Should I call you out on that? Um, well, no, I'm just going to tell you why. Um, women, U.S. women are the largest consumer in the world. We consume more than India and China twice over. And men understand that. Uh, women need to learn to send the ladder back down. So while the messaging is for women, men have always, you know, it's so funny. It is not men that, is, that are holding us back. I think we hold ourselves back and we hold each other back. So Amen to that. Men. Thank you for saying that and not, you know, playing the victim card because I interview a lot of people, right? And a lot of people hold that standard. Oh, it's a man's world still. That's why, et cetera. Well, you could play the race card as well with that same logic. But it, at the end of the day, I know a lot of people that have different skin colors that are highly successful because they chose uh, empowering beliefs and said, you know what? It's up to me. I'm going for this. And they showed up in the world powerfully. And same thing with women. So please continue with that. Well, I think, um, first of all, I raised two sons and a daughter. And my middle son called me and said, are you going to start smart dude? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, my mission is to elevate women. So you're no longer an ATM machine. And he said, preach on mom, keep going. <laughs> I love that idea. I think you just got all the men's ears that are listening right now. Say that again. I want to elevate women so men are no longer ATM machines. You Got know, it. I think women are just as capable of, as men are, but they have to own that and they have to be okay with that. And you may not be popular. And I think it, you just have to really put your big girl pants on and, or your big girl shoes, whatever you need to do, but really own who you are. Who are you? Who do you serve? And how do you serve and what's in it for your customer? That really is it. Mm. What's been the biggest struggle for you to overcome crossing your, the 100K mark in this business? Um, being a postmodern feminist in cowboy town. 
Okay, tell me more. Uh, well, I was very, very popular as a TV correspondent and a dating columnist. And to go from that to postmodern feminist in Cowboy Town was really kind of rough. And then I had one of the very first, actually the very first dig, all digital magazine. You know, when we started the company, everything was still print. So it's it's been a hurdle. And then marketing is such a moving target. The minute you figure it out, it changes. So although we started with our flagship smartphone.com, which is still doing great, you know, we've had to, as technology has changed and the way we consume it, I've had to change. I went back to film school um, in 2014 and I was the oldest and slowest in the class, you know? That's humbling. So what's been the biggest uh, limiting belief system? or negative self-talk between your ears that you've had to overcome to really, to get to where you are right now? Well, I'm 58 years old and I'm from the South. And um, women were regarded as, you know, we're just pieces of cattle, you know? Mm. I mean, even my dad wouldn't pay for my college because he thought it'd be a waste of money because I just get married anyway. <laughs> so I worked two jobs to put myself through school. And that was very common, you know, in the, in the 70s and 80s. And it's still really prevalent now. But I just say to women everywhere, you know, you have all that you need and you have to invest in you. Mm, so good. All right. Startup Nation has been waiting so patiently, Leah. They are waiting. They got their pen in their hand. They got their paper. They're about to write down Leah Woodford's top three tips or strategies that you personally used to cross the 100K mark and beyond? What do you have for them? You know, clarity is going to be number one. Clarity is definitely number one. You have to um, build a business plan, but around that, you have to really know who you are, who you serve, how you serve, What's in it for your clients? Because at the end of the day, that's really what they're looking for. But even more importantly than that is what's your why? You have to have a really big why, because if it's not really big, your excuse will always prevail. Do you remember your big why in the beginning when you started? Oh, yeah. What was that it? conversation in 2009 with my daughter. She was ashamed of me, and I made a promise to her that I would do what I could to change things for women. Mm, got that. And now you had uh, at-home accountability to keep you going. That, that's really cool. All right. Clarity is your number one. What's your number two top tip or strategy? Um, be of service. Be of service. You have to actually, um, you have to serve. <laughs> Can you tell me more about that? Because that, many people have many meanings for that. Okay, well, first of all, you have to deliver what you promise. You have to, if you say you're going to do something, for God's sake, do it. You know, it's not rocket science. You just keep your promises. You know, that is uh, a very underrated um, and rare uh, commodity in this world is keeping your word, especially in the business world. I've experienced that left and right. I'm blown away at how many people just will blow me off, brush me off. Even guests for this show, though they, when they come on, they get massive visibility and they'll still do a no call, no show. Like, I don't even understand that. It's illogical. All right. Well, what look is at your bank account, Joseph. 
Fair enough. So cause and effect. Absolutely. If you break your world, startup nation, you're going to end up broke. Eventually, just a matter of time, whether it's broke financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically, you name it. All right, Leah, what's your number three top tip or strategy for Startup Nation? Um, be relational and not transactional. Mm. How I did you do that? Can you give an example in your personal business? Abs- absolutely. I go against the norm. You know, everybody, every business book that I read early on or even sales um, coaches that I had is, you know, keep your... Keep your clients at arm's length. I don't. I go deep in my relationships versus wide because I like to keep my clients for life. And Mm. I think that you can only throw your heart over the bar and go the distance for them when you're emotionally invested in their success and that you really care about them. And my thing is I've early on in my career, I've dealt with those people that that I hated working with and I just won't do it. If I don't want to break bread with you, I don't want to work with you. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. Can you give us an example, like a personal story, real short, about three minutes or so mm-hmm. of one of your clients that you were focused on relational rather than transactional? Sure. Lexus. I have had Lexus has been with me since I started my business. And, you know, they've sponsored my book. They sponsored my second book. Um, we filmed their TV commercials. And I... I just have a personal relationship with the man at the helm there. I mean, he took a chance on me when smartphone was brand new. And we've just, his success means everything to me. And I, I just really care about him and whatever I have to do, I'll do the extra, you know, I'll go over, over what I promise. Mm. to make sure that that relationship stays intact and that he sees value. Mm. I really get that. Uh, Something uh, one of my coaches encouraged me to do, which I I just did last week, was reach out to my coaching clients um, in between our scheduled coaching sessions and do a group call so they Mm. all could meet each other, um, add value to each other, and uh, for me to really just show up as encouragement and hope just in their personal lives right now during this pandemic that we're in. And I didn't get paid for that. And it was just something we did. And man, they all reached out to me one after another and just said, thank you for doing that call. That meant the world to me. I did. I started doing a um, virtual happy hour for the people in my Facebook group. And we had a comedian last Friday and it was just really, really fabulous to see people. Cause I, I think, people are scared right now and you know the future is uncertain but they miss connecting i mean we're social beings we're tribal you know so this is really difficult for a lot of people and thank god we have technology right thank goodness but for all the people whose number one love language is physical touch this is rough this is is rough. rough reach out and touch someone you can't sorry So I really get that. Okay. So Leah, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you uh, 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. But before we go there, Startup Nation, we're speaking with Leah Woodford. You can find her at smartfemmediagroup.com, smartfemmediagroup.com. 
She's an awesome female, badass entrepreneur. Get to know her, reach out to her. Okay, and Leah is on a mission. She says, I want to elevate women so that men are no longer ATM machines. All of us men are on board with that, girl. I'm telling you, I'm on board with you personally. All right, so let's get into uh, the hustle round. Leah, what's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? You know, that I get to call the shots and I get to make all the decisions. Got it. What would you change about being an entrepreneur? Um, I don't think I'd change anything. Everything that I've done so far has led me here. Got it. What are you most afraid of? Monotony. Monotony? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The same thing over and over. Ugh. Sucks the life out of you. All right. Um, I believe we all struggle with something. Uh, in our life at any given moment. All of us, we're all human, we're all broken, we all struggle, right? What are you currently struggling with, uh, either personally or professionally, that you're just willing to be transparent you know, with, with our listener? Um, I think I miss my kids. I mm. miss my kids. I can't see them. I can't touch them. You know, it was mm. Easter. I couldn't see them. Yeah, that's tough. That's definitely tough. What secret fear do you have about people? I'm sorry, ask that question again. I'm not sure I heard it right. Sure. What secret fear do you have about people, either in relation to you, you in relation to them? Mm, I don't really think I have a fear. I, um, I'm pretty astute. So just show me who you are. Be authentic. Because if you're not, I'm going to figure it out really fast. Yeah. She can look into your soul, Startup Nation. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Trying to please everybody. Did it work? No. <laughs> no. Short answer. No. What did you what do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Um I wish I would have given myself a little bit more permission to be awkward initially. Mm. You know, I've not been so hard on myself. Yeah, we can all cut ourselves a little grace, couldn't we? Mm-hmm. Grace is such a beautiful thing. I agree with you. What's a new habit you want to form? Um, a new habit that I want to form. Um, you know what? I, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of liking the tech thing. Um, it's high tech, high touch. And I kind of like that. Cool. What's a bad habit you want to break? Um, eating in front of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Startup Nation, put your hands up right now if you can relate to Leah eating in front of the TV. Uh, okay, pick three words to describe who you are now. Driven, um, gracious, and determined. Mm. Pick three words to describe who you are your first year in business. Um, awkward, um, diligent. And um, I don't know what the word, persistent. Persistent. And last question, Leah, if you could come back to life, look your family, your friends, even your doggy in the eye and give only one piece of advice about life, about eternity, about everything, what would you say to them? Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, Startup Nation. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K this year? What do you got? Well, for me, I'm a fairy godmother. 
I get to uh, make the dreams come true for the interns and my staff. And I'm just going to say, you know, be a fairy godmother, be a fairy godfather. When you help others achieve their dreams, it always comes back to you tenfold. When you said uh, fairy godmother, I'm like, earlier you said we got to let go of all the Disney princess dreaming. Prince Charming, I'm not and then the princess. It, I'm giving the keys to the kingdom. That's right. And then you used a fairy godmother a metaphor. That's hilarious. Uh, what is the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you and tell us about your Spartan Femme virtual summit coming up? That's exciting. Thank you. I'm going to say the best place to really connect with me on a personal level is get into my Facebook group. We have an awesome engaged Facebook group, Smart Femme Network for authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs. And we have the summit, the Smart Femme uh, Summit. We have actually had to retool that. It was a live summit, April 23rd and 24th, but now it is going to be a virtual summit and we've made it free. You know, um, so it's going to be April 23rd and 24th. And you go to smartfemnetwork.com and get all the details and register. Now, what is my listener going to get? She's listening right now. It sounds really interesting, but she doesn't know if it's for her. She doesn't know anything about it, really. Why should she show up? Why should she even go to your website to find out more? You know what? It's because I bring the rock stars. Nobody is pitching. There's not a pitch anywhere. Um, but I'm bringing rock stars, people that have actually um, turned the corner, made millions. I've got Tony Watley, the side hustle millionaire who actually left his, his um, lofty career as a gas and oil executive with a Facebook group selling custom wheels because him he's a car enthusiast like me. And he made millions doing that. Then he sold that and he's doing it again. You know, and we have Michelle Soro, a Hollywood extra. This is a woman who can sell millions of dollars of product in 30 seconds. So she's going to teach you how to do live video mastery. I have the president of Jack Canfield's companies. We're bringing the rock stars in. I'm so blessed because they all said yes. That's awesome. All right. You got your reason, Startup Nation. And if you want to check out a preview of Tony Watley and his story, go back a few weeks and you'll hear him as a guest on this show. We had him on. Uh, he's a great guy. I really like him. So go check out Tony Watley episode. And Leah, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Thank you, Joseph. You as well, my friends. Thank you. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.